What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of The Sheehan Show for SureDog.com. And uh, Big Boy MMA returns to the world for the first time in 2022 as the middleweight championship of the UFC is on the line in the main event of UFC 271 as Israel Adesanya takes on Robert Whitaker for the second time. And it's a, a really, really fun card. A really fun card. I want to touch on maybe two or three of the fights here, but mainly uh, talk about the main event. I know the lads uh, over on um, the Chillin' and Duffy show go through it in depth and have a lot of talk about the whole card and really get into it. So if you haven't checked that out yet, I'm sure it'll be out before this uh, or it'll be out uh, later in the week, if not. Um, please have a have a look at that on the uh the sure dog uh, youtube and it's up on our spotify as well uh, but i want to kind of give you my flavor on it and my kind of thoughts on, on some of the fights here and even just to run you through some of the undercard fights quickly uh from my notes here which i have in front of me i'm i'm actually looking forward to even seeing william knight returning you know his last performance was was absolutely crazy i'm a fan of carlos olberg i think you know he's still young in his career he's only three and one i'm looking forward to seeing him again um you know there's a few undefeated fighters on the card aj dobson is on the card mike Ma, uh, Mathena is on the card as well so whenever you see undefeated fighters it's interesting to see uh where they go as well the 125 pound title fight or sorry 125 pound fight between Matt Schnell and Alex Perez is also an important fight for that division like we look we know what Alex Perez kind of is he's he's been around for a good while now I think fighting in the prime uh, of his game he's what 30 fights deep into his career Schnell a little bit less with just over 20 um and I think Perez is a very, very good fighter. I'd probably pick him to win this fight. We'll talk more maybe about that uh, on the betting show if that's one of my picks. But Matt Schnell, I've said this for a while now, uh, but to me, he Matt Schnell is a guy who, you know, if you're a long-term uh, fan of MMA, you probably know him from the, the Caged uh, show on, was it MTV? It used to be, you know, Danger and, and that as well. So he's been around for a long time. It's not as if, you know, he's some new guy into MMA and you could you, you could judge that by the amount of fights he has as well, I'm, I'm sure. But um, I feel like some some people, right, you look at Ahamzat. He, he gets to the very top at, at the very start. He looks like a world-class fighter right now. You could even say the same for some other people. Like, say, you know, a lot of the guys, I think they come through cage warriors, look that way as well, look really, really top fighters. And like, not everyone gets to the very top and not, you know, not everyone fails. But when you kind of look like you're going to be uh, the best fighter you can be right now and add bits to it uh, all the time, but you're already like a top, top, solid, solid fighter. Uh, I feel like Schnell is more of a guy who has been a good fighter and then he adds a good bit, a good bit, a good bit, and a good bit, but never takes like a massive jump. Like say, if you look at someone like, uh, say like uh, Hamza, he comes into the, the UFC and it's a massive jump and then he, uh, you know, wins by a ground upon a few times, but then he gets the big knockout and it's another massive jump. I, I feel like Schnell has taken, you know, 20 small jumps to make him a very, very good fighter. And I feel like if he makes a few more, he could be a top, top fighter. Because I think he's so well-rounded. I think his hands are good. His ground game is is improving all the time. And everything is improving all the time. And I really like him. Like, I'm, I'm not going to break that down, down that fight totally. I'll leave that to the other lads. But I always like to mention that with Schnell. I honestly think he is a guy who a few years ago 
might have like dreamt of getting into the UFC, or dreamt of having a few fights in the UFC, dreamt of getting ranked in the UFC. Now I think he's probably dreaming of fighting for a title and maybe even winning it. Uh, and now, you know, will I pick him to win a title in the next couple of years? Probably not. But would I pick him at some stage to fight for a title? I, I think I probably would. I, I, I rate Matt Schnell and I believe in his ability and I believe in someone who can improve consistently to keep improving consistently. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Matt Schnell and I think... Um, you know, win or lose here, he's th- he's the type of fighter, you know, I like because I try to knock everything here. He's the type of fighter I like to watch and keep an eye on and, uh, and you know, wish the best for. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where he goes here. Another massive prospect is Casey O'Neill. You know, she's 8-0 now and she's fighting Roxanne Modafferi. Um and in what is uh, allegedly uh, Roxy's uh, retirement fight, more than Roxy first, you know, she's been a, a great fighter down through the years. I would say has probably overachieved in her career, even though, you know, maybe she, for, for long periods, maybe she was more concentrated on other things, or when, you know, the division obviously came into the UFC, it, it, it's a lot easier to concentrate on it then, so maybe not through a fault of her own, but um, I, I think she has... It came a little bit late in terms of age for her, but she's still done great things for it, you know, up at the very, very top of the world uh, and has had a stellar, stellar career. So, you know, maybe she is one of the people who actually retires and we won't see back again. But, uh, you know, she does a lot of uh, training and a lot of pre- uh, preparations. Uh, I believe it's in ex- uh, um, with John Wood's gym anyway, isn't it? Where she, tra- I know she trains with uh, the ex-Joanne Calderwood, who is now Joanne Wood. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's great for, for Roxy to have her final fight and she's been a great servant to the sport but she she wasn't given an easy one uh, against Casey O'Neill I think we all saw what she did uh, to Antonina Shevchenko last time out as well uh, you know she beat Shana Dobson and a few more uh, as well she is you know if you're talking about top prospects in that division um, at 125 pounds you can't look past her and this is a this is an interesting one as well because maybe this has nothing got to do with the card this weekend but uh, I, I gotta say it anyway because I think it's an important thing to say like sometimes we look at champions in divisions and the, the champion in her division is Valentina Shashinko right and her probably more than any champion ever and think well that person will never be beaten you know, Valentina Shashinko is unbeatable. There's no one coming closer. No one can beat her. You know, people said the same about Anderson Silva. They said the same about Amanda Nunes. They probably, you know, they probably said the same about every champion ever. And you know what? Apart from the select two or three, all of them have been beaten. And you know, is Casey O'Neill going to be that person? Maybe. Yeah, maybe she is. Because um, someone will be. And why not her? You know, she is one of the top prospects in the world. Look, would she beat Valentina Shashinko today? Would if if they fought, would I pick her? Absolutely not. No. But in a couple of years, if she keeps making improvements, you know, and Valentina Shashinko maybe gets a little bit older. But MMA is improving all the time. It's it's not out of the realms of possibilities that someone emerges and becomes better than what we have at the moment. In fact, it's almost certain that that will happen because it's happened in every other division ever in MMA all the time. Almost, you could almost go through it and say every champion is better than the past one. Nearly. You nearly could do that. Especially from like the early days up until uh, the modern uh, realm of MMA. So Casey O'Neill is the next level of 125ers at the moment and you have to be watching her uh, this weekend. Uh, So yeah, those are kind of my highlights uh, from the undercard. The main card, I absolutely love the fight between uh, Nazareth Hakparast and Bobby Green. This, to me, is, you know, <laughs> when you when you get a lightweight fight on a card and it's someone who is probably, you know, maybe touching the top 15, maybe not, but uh, 
and and it's another guy who's probably in the same position. You know, it's going to be good because you you'd get that in another division like middleweight. You know, and it's you you almost not that you'd guarantee a rubbish fight, but you're not going to guarantee a great fight. I think in in uh, in lightweight, you almost do guarantee a great fight, and this one. I think it's going to be three rounds of really good technical striking with a lot of power shots landed, a lot of leg kicks, maybe a few takedowns even thrown in there, uh, and a battle of wills here at times. Because, you know, Bobby Green is a guy who's at times he can take uh, a lot of shots, although he doesn't. I think he's actually defensively very good. But when he's kind of maybe outpowered by a guy, I think Hackbrass will be a little bit stronger, and he might, might be able to, like, shove him inside, maybe push him against the, face, against the fence. He's not going to give up. Like, Bobby Green is not going to, like, lay down... Uh, to pressure he's not gonna be be hurt by it in terms of his uh you know his fighting spirits to take a um a phrase from the judging uh criteria and he's gonna keep fighting and he's gonna keep throwing that jab and he's gonna keep countering and Hakparas will do the same I, I look Bobby Green is one of the most technical best uh boxers in that division he's fantastic but I think Hakparas can strike really well as well he kicks well over the top uh, and he's he's strong I'm really looking forward to it you know, I've, I've rated Hackbarass as a top prospect for a good while, and, you know, I don't think he's met maybe a lot of people's expectations, but this is a big fight. Um, and if you beat Bobby Green, you're a good fighter. That's a fact. You know, it, sometimes it's harsh in, in MMA to call fighters a yardstick, but if you beat Bobby Green, that's a yardstick for maybe the rankings. You know, may, maybe you're good enough for a top 15, top 10 guy if you can beat Bobby Green, because it's, it's by no means an easy feat, especially the modern-day Bobby Green. I think he's improved an awful lot. Uh, he's a more serious fighter, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Bobby Green. I think he's very, very good, and this is a, a very, very good fight uh, as well. And in the top three, I suppose I'm definitely going to touch on here: Derek Brunson versus Jared Cannonier. First, <laughs> this is an interesting fight. I actually went back on one of my uh, shows last week, and I watched uh, Jack Hermanson, who obviously fought against Sean Strickland in the main event. Uh, I believe it was UFC Fight Night 200, UFC Vegas 47. Um, and he fought Jared Kanier, and I watched that fight, and it was it was a very interesting fight, maybe in terms of this one because, you know, Kanier, look, Hermanson, as we saw last Saturday, is a limited fighter uh, in in lots of different ways, but he can be dangerous too, especially against someone like Kanier, who's maybe you know he's a good technical striker, but maybe not the kind of safe technical striker if you want to put it that Sean Strickland is. Um, and I think what Cannoneer did very well in that fight was not panic maybe in some positions, right? And you'll need that against Derek Brunson. I really think you'll need that against Derek Brunson. And also what he did in that fight was a- accuracy towards the end and his ability to get the finish. I think he'll need that against Derek Brunson as well because Brunson, look, he used to be a berserker. He'd come right at you, flying at you. Everyone remembers, you know, the, uh, the Adesanya fight. Uh, but he's not like that anymore as much he is more of a methodical fighter you know working in Sanford MMA under Henry Hooft I think you know I think Trevor Whitman is the best coach in the world uh, to be honest but I think that the guys at Sanford MMA Greg Jones Henry Hooft are, are running his gym and running him a very very close second because those guys you a fighter comes out of there now and they're very good you know our own Ian Gary's over here now and he probably couldn't be in the best place in the world I know that Team KF did a great job with him as well but you know we we that is a story long told now but it's a great place to be it is a really great place to be and I think what they have done to Derek Brunson is miraculous and really shows how great he can be like I was OSP is another guy I always thought like 
Uh, and, and I actually thought, I think more of OSP maybe than, than Derek Brunson in terms of like what he could be. I'd love to see him go to Sanford MMA and, uh, you know, learn some, learn how to jab and he'd be a great fighter. Derek Brunson, Derek Brunson could do bits of everything. But I think to put it all together and do it in, a, as, as I said, a more methodical way, while not being boring, while not holding back either, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I think, uh, look, I think that actually might benefit Cannoneer a little bit in terms of the fight overall. I think if uh, Brunson puts a little bit of that madness, maybe after winning a technical battle, it could be it could really be money for him here. Uh, I haven't looked at the odds or anything yet. As I said, I'll have the betting show and I look more at that then but um i uh i find it hard to pick this i would say can it i look I, if i was to guess i would say can is a favor but i'd probably pick brunson so i i could uh it could be the opposite way around but, but before the uh the betting show comes but with the lackluster display from sean strickland and jack romanson and that average fight at the weekend with the main event which i'll talk about here in a minute coming up um this is a massive fight for for Brunson and Cannonier. The winner of this could absolutely be fighting for the belt. So uh, a big win here, a big performance here, and it'll be a uh, you know a, a big big uh, moment for uh, for whoever wins it. Uh, then the comment of Derek Lewis versus uh, Taito Ivasa. And look, you could say the same here. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to go full UFC or anything here and say, oh, the winner of this is fighting for the title, uh, or you know, but it could be. Like if you look at it what's John Jones doing? He's kind of been not fighting for the last two or three years. Stephen Miocic kind of fights whenever he wants. I have great respect for, for especially Stephen, but for both of them. Uh, but, like, you can't you can't rely on them to, to be fighting often, like, you know. So, and, and you know what you can rely on? You can rely on the UFC to, like, make an interim title fight. You can rely on to put someone else in, in for a title. Like, let, uh, Francis looks like he's going to be out for a while uh, with, with his injuries. Um, but even if he does come back, and none of the other two maybe want to fight him, or John Jones is not coming back. There's going, they're going to have to find someone. And look, Derek Lewis is a guy they love putting into title fights, they love putting into big main events. If he wins here, like we've no business writing off Derek Lewis. He's going to be there or thereabouts for a long time. And Tai Tuivasa has turned himself into a fan favorite. I, I really think Tai Tuivasa is one of the top maybe three or four stars that have been created during the pandemic era. I think he's uh, the hardest thing in MMA, right, is to get people to know you while being successful, right? Masvidal got people to know him, and then he started losing and losing and losing. And, you know, I think he's probably one loss away from, you know, maybe maybe two losses away from not necessarily obscurity, but back to, like, no longer being a drawer, no longer being on big cards and things like that. Um, to do it the way Tuivas has done it now, he hasn't had maybe the strongest competition or anything like that. Fought some good people, don't get me wrong. But he's come out there, he went, you know, singing Barbie girl, walking out to it, knocking lads spark out, doing shoeies off the top of the cage. People love that. It's hilarious, you know, drinking the hot sauce by accident and all of that. It's been wild. It's been a ride with uh, with tied to Ivasa. And that helps, you know, that really helps when you're looking... Uh, towards getting towards the top and towards people knowing you. And do you know what else also helps? Sparking Derek Lewis will help very, very much. Uh, because, look, as I said, we can't rule Derek Lewis out of being towards the top. We can't just forget about him because he's had a few shots or whatever. But um, we also can't deny that he is one of the top heavyweights in the world. Maybe he's not the top or maybe he's not, you know, uh, one of the best heavyweights in terms of the quality of the other three or four or five lads up there. But he is... 
he is he is after after that it's Derek Lewis you know he's he's really the guy after it and if you beat him you it makes a difference you know I talked about Bobby Green maybe being 14 15 16 in the world well Derek Lewis is probably 3 4 5 in the world if you beat him you prove that's what you are and uh, is Tai Tuivasa that I don't know I, I honestly look the thing about both of these guys is right everyone goes in there and tries to take both of them down you know tries to put both of them on their back tries to put them on their backside more specifically it maybe even get on top of them or 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 conversely you know they do like a a Seattle Ganya did and uh, circle around and circle away from them and don't get hit by the big power that's what opponents do to both of them well now they're both fighting someone who wants to do the same thing they want to do that to me and as I said, I'll mention the betting show again, but first round knockout, if it's a good price on this for either guy, is probably what I'm going to be looking at, or maybe the under in, in two and a half rounds or something like that. Because this one is going to be hell for leather early. There's going to be two lads here swinging punches until someone gets knocked out. And, you know, not, not you know, Rock'em Sock'em Robots necessarily, but they're going to be trying to pick in big shots, they're going to be trying to land in big shots, they're going to be trying to counter each other's big shots, and one of them is going to go to sleep. I would, if uh, look, we've seen it before, Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou and other ones as well, but I think, uh, I think someone is getting put away here, and I like Derek Lewis an awful lot, like, I think he's improved so much over the years. If any was improved, as much as Derek Lewis in the UFC in the last few years, I don't think I've seen him, to be honest. I, I think... I, I like I didn't rate Derek Lewis. I used to say bad things about him and everything like that, and and you know say you know talk about his ability and you know I don't think I was necessarily wrong at the time, honestly. But now I wouldn't say those things because he has improved so much. He's had such an upturn uh, in his career in his ability. I have a, I have a lot of respect for it. But Taito Ivasa has a lot of ability on the feet as well. Like and you know he's gone and he's worked with um with AK and Daniel Carmi and those guys, and his wrestling has evidently improved an awful lot as well. But on defeat, you know, Saito Ivasa is not ranked as highly as Derek Lewis, or maybe not rated as highly as Derek Lewis, but if you were to put him striker versus striker, you couldn't say Saito Ivasa is that far in terms of a good striker from Derek Lewis, so if he can get in there, maybe turn it into uh, a more of a technical matchup, not, um, you know, not catch a Derek Lewis shot when he's kind of waiting on the outside and waiting for the opportunity, I think Saito Ivasa could win that, you know? It's a very, very, very intriguing styles matchup, very, very intriguing fight, and I think it'll be a really, really, really fun one. And you know what? I think the main event will be exactly the same. I'm, um... I'm really excited for this rematch. Since the first fight happened, I kind of wanted to see this uh, this rematch. And during the week and on other shows and other things, I'll talk probably more about the uh, the first fight and go back on it. And I'm sure you know everyone else here uh, as well on Sherdog will be talking about that. Uh, but I want to talk specifically about you know this fight, and maybe what I think the the tactics will be and how they will change, maybe and how both guys fight. So. Look, we know how Adesanya fights. We, we've seen him fight down through the years. He's, you know, this kind of... Uh, I hate the phrase that people used to use a while back, but he's kind of like this neo-striking where he throws with a lot of variety, a lot of intelligence, and puts a lot of stuff out there to see what comes back, to see what goes back, if you want to put it that way. You know, a playbook fighter, I might even call him like that. He's a guy who understands movement really really well not only his own but his opponents as well uh he understands what to throw to make someone else throw something to uh have the ability to throw his own shot back so he's not a counter striker i think he is an effect and um, sometimes i call people uh, offensive counter strikers i think he is like an offensive um 
uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how you put it, look, but he's an offensive fighter that draws out a counter to counter that counter. Like, he's like a step ahead of a lot of, you know, so, sometimes you see kind of very good people are cutting off the cage and then they'll wait and wait and wait and they'll try to draw a shot out from you and you hit them. He actually throws shots and throws lots of fakes and different things to draw that shot out to, to hit you. I think he's like, there's like one extra step in Adesanya for a, for a lot of different ways. You know, there are people who can uh, maybe explain and talk about that better than me. I know Luke Thomas has done many great breakdowns about him, and sure, Dan Hardy and, uh, and others as well, but a really, really great striker and a guy who has taken the sport to the next level in that realm in, in lots of different ways. Um... And, you know, he's takedown defense. I always talk about uh, takedown defense against the cage. I use the Adesanya model all the time. If you see great takedown defense, you see what Adesanya does. It's the overhook on one side and the wrist control on the other side. That is the best way. Get your back against the cage, overhook on one side, wrist control the other side, and turn. He does it all the time. You know, we talked about the Derry Brunson fight earlier on. Uh, since that fight and since earlier fights, I think it was, was it Mike Wilkinson who took him down a few times. He has really, really made that a massive part of his game and uh, made that something that has really turned him into an effective striker, but uh, from an effective striker into an effective striker who can win at the very, very top level. And he needed that, and he's really, really perfected it. So he's fantastic at that. Uh, Robert Whitaker, on the other hand, you know, I, I described him uh, earlier on in the week as uh, as a vaccine. And I won't get into that again. But why I kind of said that was, you know, we're told, uh, whether you believe it or not, I, I knew that. So don't, don't copy an anti-vaxxer. Not, I have all my three shots, so don't be giving out to me. But we're told that you get it, right? You get this vaccine, and then it stops you from getting, you know, the worst of the rest of it. We'll put it like that and we'll leave it at that. Robert Whitaker throws shots first to stop the worst of it from everyone else coming back. Right? He tries to break your rhythm. He tries to break you. He tries to stop you before you start. And that's that, you know that's why I've, I've compared him to a vaccine. I don't know whether it's a good uh, comparison or not, but I'll give you an example. Like he fights Yoel Romero for 10 rounds. And doesn't get knocked out. Like, who fights Joel Romero for 10 rounds and doesn't get knocked out? Not many people. And Robert Whitaker did exactly that. And the reason he does that, right, is if you're Joel Romero, what you are is a rhythm fighter. You know, you're up and you're hand, boom, 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 and then flying knee, boom, 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 right hand, boom, 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 left hand. And that boom, boom, boom might go on for three and a half minutes to where... Uh, the way uh, uh, Joel Romero fights. But what Robert Whittaker was doing was he was going boom, boom, boom. And then Robert Whittaker would strike before the flying knee would come. he got go boom, boom, boom. Robert Whittaker would strike before the right hand came. Boom, boom, boom. He'd strike before the left hand came. And that's what he did every single time. Broke your rhythm. Broke your ability to throw what you want to, 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 uh, to throw. He just breaks your spirit. He breaks your tactics. Now against Adesanya the problem with that is as I talked about like that that kind of neo kickboxing is that his setups his uh, you know ability is a lot less agricultural than someone like Yoel Romero not to take anything away from Yoel Romero it's been very very effective for him over the years but Whitaker, uh, sorry, uh, Adesanya is setting things up at all times. He's doing things at all times. Like to be first before Adesanya, you have to be first for every second of 25 minutes. And that's very, very hard. So I think Robert Whitaker's uh, metagame 
is going to have to change to beat Israel Adesanya. I don't think he's just going to be able to be first every time and beat Adesanya because it's going to be too tough. Like, he'll be first sometimes, Adesanya will be first sometimes, and Adesanya will be third as well, if you want to put it that way, right? And I don't think that'll be enough. I think he needs to change things up, right? Um, I think he needs... Look, there's two things I think he needs here, right? I think he needs to look, and it's very simple to say this, and this is probably... This is probably the, you know, 15 to 20% of the game plan that I want to talk about. But uh, you have to mention it. You have to mention what Jan Lohovic did uh, against uh, against Adesanya. What I think he did is actually he kind of slowed Adesanya's rhythm. Whereas Robert Whitaker usually would be trying to, to quicken it. But that side of it I don't think will work with Robert Whitaker. I don't think he's as sophisticated a striker as Jan Lohovic to go up against someone who's as sophisticated a striker as Israel Adesanya. Uh, but what he did do was he got takedowns and he timed them very well and he got takedowns at the right time. Robert Whitaker, sometimes we forget, you know, this guy qualified to be on the Commonwealth wrestling team. This guy can wrestle. He's not just a striker. He's not just a go-forward pressure fighter. He can wrestle too and he needs to throw in takedowns. Now, we saw Hermanson last weekend and he threw in a couple of takedowns and he gave him up when he didn't get him. Whitaker can't do that. He can't just give up on him. Even if he doesn't get... Look, if he does get him, absolutely keep going for a win, win, you know, win 50-45, no problem, uh, if he can do that. Uh, but if you get one and then you get stopped twice, go for another one and then go for another one and then go for another one. You have to keep throwing in things. If only to vary your striking, if only to vary your game, if only to keep... Whitaker, or sorry, keep Adesanya thinking about things. You have to do that. So I really think that's a big part of the game that uh, that Robert Whitaker needs here. But the even bigger part of the game I think he needs, I, I mentioned the word agricultural earlier on. It's a word I use a lot for MMA, but I think he needs a more agricultural game plan here. I think he needs to go forward and bully Adesanya and go head first. If it takes a few shots, all well and good. Push him against that cage. Dirty boxing. You know, uh, on, my, on my podcast in the Severe Mail, Graham said Colby Covington. A bit of that wouldn't hurt. I would say more and um, Ken Velasquez. You know, Ken Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos. Push him against, like, he- this is wrong. But headbutt him. <laughs> you know, put your head in there. Get your head against his and throw dirty boxing against it. Pressure him. Cut him open inside. Make it dirty and nasty and rotten. With l- you know, little elbows inside. You're going to take loads of shots to do that loads of shots and you're going to get hurt probably doing that but you want to be the middleweight champion of the world against the guy who is very 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 good i think that's the sacrifice you have to make and it's funny because paul felder uh, on the commentary the last day kind of you know he talked about that he was he said and himself and bisping were both there two perfect guys look what bisping had to go through to beat anderson silva you know look he he was burst open. He was literally knocked out. He, he had to go through everything. Paul Felder throughout his whole career had to go through so much to achieve what he achieved. Some fighters just have to do that. You know, some fighters don't. You know, Adesanya probably one of them in terms of like, you, you don't always have to bleed. You don't always have to go through. No, he did against Gastelum, uh, I suppose, and, and, and others as well. But Robert Whitaker to win this fight, he's going to have to bleed. He's going to have to put himself in a rough, raw situation, and he's going to have to have unbelievable cardio and keep it going for 25 minutes or until Ed, uh, Israel Adesanya says no mass. That's what he's going to have to do. Now, if he can't do that, I think Adesanya will win. 
you know that's the fight I think it'll be. I think Alessania will will pick him apart in different uh, realms. I think uh, he the longer the fight goes as well. If Adesanya is winning rounds like that, picking him apart, I think he'll get into more of a flow, and I think he'd probably win those rounds clearer. So you know, Whitaker has a lot of work to do. But I'm looking forward to seeing if he can do it. You know, this is a fantastic, fascinating fight for me. I talked uh, in, in the comment event, there was a clash of similar styles. This is a clash of very, very different styles. But I'm looking forward to both. I'm looking forward to this a lot more than, than most fights. I think this is fantastic. Now, the middleweight division, I'm not the biggest fan of it in the world after this. We, we can talk about that maybe next week. I don't think it is... Uh, you know, I don't think there is as much quality there maybe as in other divisions, but nevertheless, the quality at the very top is there, and these are two top quality fighters on a top quality card, and I'm really, really, really looking forward uh, to seeing it on uh, late on Saturday night here in uh, in the beautiful home of the All Ireland Champions Limerick. Right, everyone, uh, thank you very much for listening and watching. If you're listening. You can go over and watch this. It's on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can go over and listen on Spotify. Search Sherdog. It'll come up. I think it's Sherdog uh, Radio Network, Sherdog Podcast. You'll be able to listen to this and all the other wonderful podcasts uh, that are out on Sherdog every week over on uh, over on Spotify. So uh, please click subscribe. Uh, click the like button. Uh, if you have any questions or any anything you want to say, comment section uh, down below let me know i always check them i always give a few replies in there so uh let me know what you're thinking if there's any other videos or anything you want uh, i'm always uh, mad up for doing all of them all right i'll leave it there my name is sean sheehan for sherdog.com and i'll see you all next time <laughs>